Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's going on, Micah man? I'm chilling, I'm chilling. How you been, Stevie Stacks? Ah, getting over that, you know, we were both sick last week, so getting over that and um, back at it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So episode number 112, I think, right? 112 episodes. That's a bunch of episodes. Damn, so we have 112, and we got a special guest on from my favorite city, H-Town, Texas. We got Mr. TJ on. H is up. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. So, I'll go ahead. Oh, yeah, can we say his full name? Because it's a cool name. <laughs> TJ Tajani. Johnny, yes, sir. Yeah, TJ Tajani. Is the H- he is the Airbnb guy in Houston. Everybody knows him. They, they, they. I appreciate that, yeah. Anytime you say Airbnb in Houston, they call TJ, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man, TJ. So, tell us, how long you been in the Airbnb game and what got you started, man? Uh, so, yeah, definitely been, been investing since 2015. I graduated with an engineering degree, actually, from the University of Houston, uh, engineering and mathematics. So I worked in the last for some time. Of course, you know, Houston is the oil and gas capital, right? So uh, dove into the oil and gas space, um, started doing that, and I was traveling quite a bit. I was actually, like, at the face of the oil and gas economy. I was working offshore. I was working out of subsea installation vessels on the rigs. And so I was gone, I mean, probably about 60 70% of the year. But whenever I was in town, I was uh, investing. So I started off buying and holding. That was the first strategy that I started doing and uh, started by acquiring some rental properties. I acquired three rental properties um, in 2015, and then I – started getting into some wholesaling. So I started wholesaling quite a bit as well. And so then uh, you guys might be aware of what happened in the oil and gas market in 2016, 15 going into 16 really, when it kind of took a dip. I mean, everybody was happy and eating when when oil was about $100 a barrel, right? And so then it dropped all the way down to like 42, something like that. And so, uh, you know, the the major operator just wasn't drilling as much. So, so we just didn't have in my company, and we're, we were oil and gas service company. So we were providing the subsea equipment for the operators like Exxon and BP and Shell. So I was on the Exxon portfolio, and when my project was up, they it was just like, man, there was just no more work. And so there was hardly any work. So um, I was kind of given, I was kind of given a, 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 a decision, kind of an ultimatum to where I was to move to a different role and taking uh, a significant, and when I say significant, I mean like half a pay cut, um, either that or take a severance. So I decided to just bet on myself and I took the severance and uh, had other opportunities to go back into the into the workforce in the oil and gas space. Um, but I decided to just kind of go dive into the real estate space. So I was actually one day just kind of doing some uh, additional market research on how on, on generating more leads. Of course, y'all know how that goes. And so I came across a short-term rental route kind of on accident. It kind of fell on my lap, sort of. I wasn't really necessarily looking for it. And so then um, at the time, I had two projects I was remodeling. And so one of them I decided to furnish and try, to try the short-term rental route on that property. 
and uh, and it's a three bedroom, two bath house that I still have. It's still one. It's still in my portfolio. And uh, I was scared because it was a little bit overwhelming. It was a big property to furnish. And so, but I ended up doing it and I didn't know if it was going to work or not. But the next day when I listed it, I woke up with two bookings and <laughs> I, decided, I decided that, you know what, I think, I think I can sink my teeth into the strategy. And so, uh, still, still got, still was doing projects that I was, uh, doing some fix and flips, but the short term rental route kind of became the primary. And so, um, so I started growing the business, and so then I kind of started putting out what I was doing. And so then people wanted to know how I was doing, what I was doing, how I was building my systems. And so then uh, that's kind of how I became kind of known in the space. So it's been a, it's been a heck of a journey. Man, that's, so, a, that's a lot to go over right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you said you had a three-bed, two-bath house. So are you yeah. arbitraging only, buying only? What, what are you, what's your strategy now in the short-term rental space? So it's interesting because about, uh, you know, 70% of my portfolio in my short-term rental space, I actually own these properties and I rent 30% of them. Um, probably by the end of 2020, it'll probably be about 50-50. Um, but yeah, I own most of them now at this point. That property that I, that I um, alluded to earlier, my very first short-term rental was a three-bed, two-bath house, about 1,700 square feet. Uh, it was a big property and I, it was a property I owned. I was going to put a, a traditional tenant in it. Then I decided to furnish it and make it a short-term rental. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work. The neighborhood wasn't as, it wasn't, you know, the best neighborhood, but the proximity. I don't know if y'all know too much about Houston inside the 610 Loop, the third ward area. So that's where the property is. <laughs> you know about the trade? Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. I know so, about the trade. Yeah. Property is, man. And so um, the neighborhood is, is transitioning 100%. I mean, things are getting really expensive here. Uh, but I was worried about how rough it was. I mean, the proximity was amazing. I mean, the downtown is within 10 minutes to the med center is within 15 minutes. But so I ended up taking a chance to end up working out pretty well. Man. So you, so like you said, you got what you doing at, you're doing it at a 70, 30, you got 70% yeah. you own 30% you arbitrage, yeah. but you're waking it up, working it up to 50, 50. Is that kind of where you want to keep it at 50? Yeah. 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 I want to keep it at 50, 50. I probably go, I, I want to keep it at 50, 50 because I love the ownership aspect. Um, because and some the units I own, most of the units I own are small multifamilies, so mainly duplexes. And so my, I end up actually netting more of my duplexes because the numbers actually work out better. If that makes sense. So mm -hmm. you can imagine, like one of my duplexes, the mortgage is like two thousand dollars a month, right? But one of the units I, it's a, and this duplex is a two bedroom, one bath. Right, each unit's a two-bedroom, one-bath. But the one of my properties that I do a rental arbitrage on that I rent is a one-bedroom, and the rent's fifteen hundred a month. So it ends up, and they're literally within five minutes away from each other. <laughs> so the it, and it turns out that my my duplexes end up netting me more because it's like two units, and so um, so I, I like to keep it at fifty-fifty because I want to own at the end of the day. I'm trying to. I'm going to push ownership at the end of the day. But of course we know that the rental arbitrage route allows us to scale the business rather quickly because it's a great way to earn cash flow without owning the property. So that's why, that's why I'm a good, I like to be at a good mix of both. So you said you're two, one <coughs> killing it. Like what kind of, are you getting like, a, like more business clients coming into the two ones or what do you think is driving that factor? So it's, it's, it's really the location, right? This two one, it's, it's uh, it's really close to midtown. And but it's also literally within 10 minutes from Indy Anderson, the medical center, which we know Houston, which one of the things we're greatly are privy to here is having the number one medical center in the nation. 
I would say a large part of my clientele base, my guest base for that unit, are coming for medical reasons or some type of medical purpose. You know what I mean? And then, uh, then we're, that unit is also like eight minutes from downtown, so we still get a lot of business travelers and a lot of large groups that come in to just want to, uh, to, just want to go to downtown or be in the city. But what I love about my duplex is, is that I kind of created a niche within the short-term rental niche for myself is because uh, with the duplexes, they have is two units, right? But I list it as three listings. I have three listings with it. So you can list unit A, you can rent unit A, you can rent unit B, or I have a third listing where you can rent the entire building, where you can have both. So each unit sleeps six, or you can rent the entire building that, and, and rent the whole thing that sleeps 12. So we get a lot of large groups or big groups of business travelers that end up renting the whole building. You know, when I rent the whole building, it goes for like 400 450 a night. So, <laughs> pretty well. Man, I was, um, I just read an article and it mentioned Houston. Yeah. Mentioned DFW too. I sent, it to, I sent the article to you, Micah, about how we keep getting an influ influx of um, people from out of the out of state coming here to work and live. And um, it said t yep. Houston is number four most, um, uh, what's it called? Biggest. Fourth biggest metro metropol <laughs> metropolitan area, metropolitan area in the country behind, yeah, behind LA, New York, and DFW area, number four. And it's, and it's gonna continue to grow. It's like the second fastest growing behind the DFW Metroplex. So yeah, buying, buying properties is pretty smart right now, man, over in Houston. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially, especially when you buy right. Um, you know, I, the way I like to buy my properties too, I like to buy them distressed. I like to, I like to rehab them actually, because I'm able to leverage a certain type of lender, like a hard money lender or my private lenders. I'm able to leverage them and really rehab the property to what I want it to be. And so then I leverage a hard money lender or a private lender, fix it up, refinance it. And it really allows me to come out of pocket at the minimum. Um, and that's how I like to buy my property. That is a good opportunity to do that. So, yeah. Okay. I was oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to ask real quick how how you are able to accumulate so many pop properties so quickly. But you kind of answered that you use hard money, hard money to do it. Yeah, yeah. and and this is actually one of the things I actually teach in my class too. I teach people how to buy real estate with their time, not so much their money. You know, there's a there's there are two ways you can buy a rental property. You can buy it with your time, or you can buy it with your money. The very very first rental property I bought back in 2015, for example, this house I bought it for ninety thousand. Didn't need any work. Um, the, the owner lived in it for a while, then he replaced the roof, replaced the AC, replaced the floors, replaced the electrical. I mean, this thing was rent was ready to go. Um, $90,000. I had, you know, I was working as an engineer. My expenses were super low, so I was just saving a lot of money. And so I came to the table, 20% down conventional loan, right? 20% down, came to the table with about 22000 including closing costs to buy that property. I had that thing rented out within two weeks. My mortgage was about eight fifty. I put it on a 15-year note, actually. My mortgage was about eight fifty a month. I was renting it for 1300 a month. Within two weeks of buying it, that delta, that difference was my cash flow, right? So it didn't take me too much time to get it cash flowing, but it did take some a, a hefty amount of down payment. Then we can look at another example. Uh, even the first rental property that I bought that, that, uh, that's on Airbnb, that property I bought for 90000 it was uninhabitable. Matter of fact, it sat vacant for over three years. The owner lived in the Philippines. He didn't care about the property. He was asking one twenty for it. We ended up negotiating down to 90000 
um, I put seventy thousand into the remodel, but the after repair value ended up coming out to two forty five. So the lend, uh, my my uh, private lender gave me seventy percent loan of value. So with that seventy percent, I was able to buy the property and do the rehab. And once the rehab was done, I did the refinance. But but you can imagine you go. We had to order the appraisal, work with the private lender, order the appraisal, get that done, manage the rehab, um, hired hired a contractor, he ended up um, not doing a good job at some point in time, let him go, brought in another contractor. The whole process took about four months, right? Four months, then it was done, then I refinanced it, then I, I, I was able to furnish it and get a cash flow. So, so the two stark differences, right? The first one, I didn't need any work, came to, came to the closing table with a whole lot of money, had a cash flow within two weeks, that I bought it with my money. The second example, that property, I was able to leverage a private lender, uh, pay for the, uh, the purchase and the, and the rehab, refinanced it, zero dollars out of pocket. It didn't cost me anything out of my pocket to buy that property, but it did cost me my time to buy it. So I try to tell people and I try to show people how to buy real estate with their time, not so much their money. And, you know, if you can, if you can learn how to buy it with your time, because you can do it part time. That's something you can do part-time. You can buy real estate with your time part-time. So I tell people how to do it with their time, and, uh, and that way you know you come up with a good game plan and uh, to really accumulate some, some wealth and some properties. Man, man, man. I've never met a hustler. I've never met somebody from Houston that wasn't a hustler, man. Damn. <laughs> Killing it. Man, so are all your Airbnbs and all your units, they're all in Houston? They're all in Houston. They're all in Houston. Uh, probably when I get to... When I get to 25 in Houston, um, I'll branch out to my next city that I plan to. We'll see how it goes. My plan is to branch out to Atlanta. 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 Man, it's like a little thing. Every party I meet that does Airbnb, they do it between Atlanta and Houston. Man, there's some good markets out here. I was looking at Philly. A Philly, I was looking at Philly. I was looking at Philly, Dallas, and Atlanta. Those are my top three. Dang, you sound like you're following Sean Rakijic. <laughs> everybody hitting Philly. Huh? I actually, I actually met Sean, man. Me and Sean actually connected once, man. On yeah. just, this was earlier, man, when he was uh he had like thirty units. We ended up meeting over here in Midtown, here in Houston. Really? Chopped up, yeah. We chopped it up for some time. So yeah, I know Sean. Yeah, I met him down in. Uh, I met him in Dallas actually at one yeah, of his meetups. Yeah, I met him at Dallas in one of his meetups, man. And yeah, he because he, I was right when I met him. He was just going to Philly. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Philly. I was yeah, like, man, yeah. but Philly's been – I heard he'll, Philly's the hot spot. Yeah, Philly's good, man. So, so, go ahead. So, so why is Philly a hot spot? Man, you know what? I don't know the full details, but from what, you know, from what I'm hearing, it's just, it's just becoming such a, such a great tour city. Um, a lot of businesses. I mean, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing, it's just – it's just a great place to, to visit, a great place to live, and, and, and properties are still um, relatively affordable to invest there as well. So um, uh, Philly was definitely one of those spots that I was looking at too. Yeah, and the thing about Philly is I heard they ain't as strict on those Airbnb regulations yeah, like the rest yeah, of the yeah. East. So it's people up there killing it up in Philly. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and plus I don't know. And also you got to check and see. Yeah. Make sure that they, if they already have laws in place, exactly. to just keep making money. Exactly, exactly. Man. But the, the, I hear they have high taxes over there. Is that true or not? Man, I'm not sure. That, that, I believe it. I'm not sure. That, that, it's the East Coast, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I won't be surprised. Yeah, I heard about what, uh, what recently took place in Austin. Oh, uh, yeah. The uh, 
what happened? The state yeah. came down and cracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, essentially, well, Austin had a because you understand, Austin is becoming like the tech hub of Texas, right? I yeah. mean, you got their Apple, their Microsoft, <laughs> Amazon's there. I mean, Austin's popping. So the part in Austin, like that, that area close to downtown UT, that area is getting so already getting expensive in rent. The rents are already shooting up there in Austin. And then uh, what sh the people are doing a lot of Airbnbs, taking advantage of the short-term rental space, making good money in Austin. So a lot of people are complaining, saying that it's causing a shortage because Austin is not that big a city. Mm -hmm. So they're feeling it more so in Austin. So it's causing a shortage. And so the, for the units that are available, rents were going up. So people started complaining. So then Austin put in a place to where uh, a regulation for short-term rentals to where you can only do a short-term rental to properties that are type two residentials type two meaning it has to be a five unit and above so whether you own it or you rent it it has to be a type two residential even if it's a house single family duplex triplex whatever you can't do it it has to be a type two so then people were like yo you can't tell us like if i owned a house you can't tell me exactly what to do with my house right so then the supreme court like came down and told and said that told the city of Austin that you can't tell people what to do with their single family homes. Uh, so they ended up having to lift that regulation. So kind of now Austin, as of recently, is now fair game. <laughs> so you know, I, I have yeah. a few, I have a few Airbnbs in Austin, but our problem is we're in Arlington, Texas, and they just banned it. Like they just flat out. Yeah. Like with Jerry Jones, I don't know if it was Jerry Jones. I ain't gonna put it on him, but I'm pretty sure it was like, they just straight came out and said, hey, it's done January 31st. They already handed out fines, people wow. going to court. Like, some people ain't even written their spot. They just have a list up. They handed out fines to them. I think the fines start off at, like, 300 Steve may wow. be able to tell you more about it. He already oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy, man. So, yeah, I, I need to figure out who the one who hit up the Supreme Court about that so we can get them in Arlington, man. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. I think, I think it's interesting, though, because then – you see that happening in a city like Austin, you can only try, you can only think about, okay, what else might come down in other cities that are having these strict rules? So we'll see what happens in the future. Mm -hmm. Man, dude, that's crazy. So like I, I checked out your website, uh, book home suites. That's dope. How are you, are you taking direct bookings? Are you trying to move more towards that route? I'm moving, I'm moving more direct, uh, moving more. Actually, I don't even have all my listings up on the site yet. I really had to sign up for a credibility piece. Um, yeah. so, so I don't even have all my listings up there, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to upload all my listings on the site. I mean, right now, um, you know, all my bookings are coming from Airbnb booking.com home away, VRBO. Those are the main four sites that we're on. Um, and so right now for 2020, that's one of the goals. Cause we're starting to network directly with a lot of the hospitals here in Houston, a lot of the businesses here in Houston. We're going to be working directly with them, letting them know who we are, what we do, how nice our units are. And so now we're going to be getting booking here. So the, the website was there for a credibility piece to get it going, but now we're going to be taking full advantage of it. This is the time to do it actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I really don't trust Airbnb. I think they're going to go up on fees towards They them. are. They are. With them going public, they, they, it's almost like they don't have a chance. I mean, they have to they have to they have to appease the shareholders. They have to maintain their their valuation and they're going to maintain it no matter what <laughs> at all costs. And if that means we're increasing the fees, they're going to increase the fees. So, that's definitely the time. So, I have a, I have an important question. 
is that turkey leg hut actually that good? <laughs> Hell yeah, it's that good. So, so if you if you haven't had it yet, you definitely got to try it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm I'm really happy for for what those for what those folks are doing, man. A turkey leg. And here's the thing. Let's see. One, two, three. Mainly, all my units are within ten minutes from there. I have five units that are not even five minutes away from there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- I'm staying with you the next time I come. I'm cooking <laughs> with TJ. Yes, sir. There'll be guests that book, and they'll ask, hey, uh, just want to make sure. It looks like it's pretty close to Turkey Leg Hub, but I just want to make sure that it's pretty close to Turkey Leg. Like, guests will ask, like, they'll hear for other things, but they want to be able to hit up Turkey Leg Hub. <laughs> man, it's like the hottest restaurant in Houston right now, man. It's definitely up there. I mean, you know, and, and the credit – Credit to them, they're, they're doing great things and the food is amazing. And uh, they do a good job in that community too because they're, they're right there at the heart of Third Ward and uh, it's, they're doing pretty good things, man. The food is amazing too. So yeah, they, they definitely deserve it. I heard there was some neighbors getting pissed because it, it, oh. it smelled like, I guess it's made the neighborhood smell too good or something. <laughs> <laughs> it made the neighborhood smell too good. That's exactly what happened, man. You know, it's, you know, it's 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 man. I don't even know. We can go off at the deep end as to the the crux of that issue. Uh, White people didn't like it. It's a whole <laughs> hundred on this podcast. We keep it a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, let's just let's just say our uh, you know our 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 neighbors, our uh, <laughs> our our counterparts, our our more our more lighter complexion counterparts. We're we're on a, we're on a we're on a hating wave. Uh, let's just put it like that. So, um, but you know, they, they ended up you know the whole thing ended up being dropped, and uh, so I was really happy for that. It was, it was a whole kind of campaign where everybody was just supporting supporting the Turkey Leg Hut to get this lawsuit dropped, and ended up uh, ended up working out pretty well. So, yeah, I'll be sharing everything on my uh, IG, man. So. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, man, because I love Turkey Leg Hut. It's crazy. It wasn't even just Houston. I mean, people from all all different cities were, like, supporting Turkey Leg It was crazy, man. It was dope to see them. Yeah, and it was crazy. Like, the people in Atlanta want one in their city. They was like, hey, we going to bring that to I was like, hey, man, asking for it in different cities. They might. They might, man. I mean, there are some rumors that they might. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but I wouldn't be surprised one one bit. Yeah, man. So, by the way, people out there, we we, are not – uh, we don't get paid by the Turkey Leg Hut, but if you're in Houston, go to the Turkey Leg Hut. Yeah. Seafood, turkey legs, oh, yeah. drinks, kick it all night. I love it. After I, Every time after we go to the club, we go to Turkey Leg Hut afterwards. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, so, like, what's your Airbnbs? Like, are you doing different themes or particular groups you're targeting? How are you going about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, and, and that's a two-part question. So, now, all my units that I set up now, are, are themed on some level. Um, and I realized that my theme units are performing very well. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, a few years ago, when, when Airbnb wasn't as big as it was, you could have just put any old couch or maybe just a mattress on the floor, and you probably would have still been pretty profitable on Airbnb because it was just still such a commodity, just kind of the thing to do still. But nowadays, you know, things are changing. People, guests expect more out of, out of hosts. And, and, even, and also, there's d- more direct competition. Now, as a whole, our real competition are hotels. Let's, not, let's definitely not misunderstand that. But, of course, there's direct competition. So people expect more, and you definitely want to make sure that you, that you get in yours in your particular area. 
and that means you coming with it. That means you actually making your units nice. That means you find creative ways to 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 identify yourself to uh, and stand out at these different listings and as people are looking. So so definitely uh, we're 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 definitely theming things up. Um, the last unit that we did, we did like a music legend theme, right? So my decorator did a phenomenal job. Um, like there's a there's a whole wall. It's like a music legend wall where, and it's all these black and white photos and like these gold frames. And guests come in and they say, "Oh, that's you know the the Beatles. Oh, that's Ray Charles. That's and they try to guess who all the legends are. Some of them are like you know in their current how they look currently. Some of them are like pictures of them way back in the day. So you might not be able to really guess who they are, but they always try to guess. But it it turned out looking great. The whole it's a three bedroom two bath unit. Every room, everything has a theme flowing through it. And uh, that's actually a duplex unit. And then the upstairs unit, we're furnishing that unit right now. And that unit, we're going with like a, a I don't know if I, I don't want people, people steal my ideas from my thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, they, they'll steal them, man. They'll steal them. They'll be like, hey, that dude don't live, let's thrive. <laughs> See, you know what? Just know, just know we, got, we got some themed units. We're doing some <laughs> Okay. Um, Tell us about them when they already up. I'll tell you when it's already up. You know, what I'm I mean, it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole like a kind of like the way we did like the music legend. We're doing like a sports legend, so it's like every every athlete that's ever grazed like the Sports Illustrated to cover. So we're doing like a whole Sports Illustrated thing. It's a whole thing, um, and you don't have to go too elaborate with your themes, though. You know, some such a simple, um, you know, you could you could have like an animal theme if you. You know, I know I even Sean talked about how they bought like a this elephant piece and they just built off of that, you know, one of his units. They just did like a whole elephant theme, you know. And so just make sure it, fo it flows well and it's functional and it photographs very well. And um, and you'll you'll and, and that's a good go. And you'll see that it does pretty well. I'll notice. And now I'm starting to hire designer back. But my first like probably my first few units, five units, I was designing everything myself. You know what I'm saying? I was picking everything out. Me and, the, me and the wifey, we were picking everything out and designing everything. So, But we noticed that that's why it's important to, to hire people who are good at what they do and let them do what they do, right? So we noticed that our designer, and we thought we were doing something. When our designer came in, <laughs> did a way better job than we did. So so it's working out pretty well. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's how it was. Me and my wife was doing the designing, man. Yeah, so I was like, man, we got to get a designer so we can streamline everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, it's like a lot easier, too. My goodness. So, like, what systems are you using to automate your business? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, of course you have, like, your field partners and then your technology partners, right? So, okay. you know, I have I have an uh, you know, assistant and, of course, your cleaning crew, which is the backbone of your business. <laughs> um your cleaning crew, uh, we have our, our linen service, our cleaning crew. I have a maintenance guy that's on retainer. And my maintenance guy, you know, anything that might happen, like anything that will happen at any – he's on call, essentially. So uh, my maintenance guy. Then, of course, we have the technology partners. Like we are – we're heavy on Smart BNB. We love Smart BNB. You know, we have our, our guidebook, Smart B, You know, we use our, our website, which also – uh, uh, does a calendar management as well, and we have a rep we use Price Labs for our revenue management, and um, so yeah, those are pretty much our our technology partners, um, and we're like we love Turnover as well, Turnover for our for to manage our cleaning process, so we love Turnover, um, so yeah, essentially that's pretty much it. So I see you using your um, engineering skills to to run your systems, right? Yeah, you see how exactly. <laughs> 
know, you know, it's crazy. I, you know, when I, I went to University of Houston, I, um, I graduated from there with, with no student loans, by the way. I paid my way through college, and, um, and it, was, it was interesting because I look at it, and I was like, dang, you got an engineering degree. And, you know, people are like, dang, you're not even using it anymore. People always say that to me a lot. You have a whole engineering degree, but it's crazy how certain things that you pick up still apply, you know what I mean, you know, certain <laughs> things like that. So, definitely. Man, it's crazy. Every single person that I've seen that go from Airbnb, they all come from an engineering background. Man. For real? <laughs> yeah, like I'm an engineer. My boy, Josh, oh. Norman, all them engineers. All like, engineers. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, man. You know, so, you know Josh and Norman? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Norman, for sure. I, Josh, I believe I met Josh. I believe I met Josh, but yeah, uh, Norman, I know pretty well. Actually, uh, we went to go look at a at a at a triplex that I was looking to purchase, and I hit up Norman. I told him, "Hey, just come check this property out with me," and we, he went to come check it out with me. It's actually on the same street as my other two duplexes are. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that was the one. He was like, "Hey, I'm looking at this." Yeah, he told me about it. Yeah. So, yeah. man, what what y'all doing? Like all these multifamilies, man. Do you, the is the Houston market saturated? Right? Is, is it becoming saturated, or is it just all open game right now. You know, you know, you, uh, and, I, and I'll keep it 100. I think there is a, a level of saturation depending on the area, um, especially like for one bedrooms. If your sleeps like four um, in these key, in these areas, I think there is some level of saturation. I mean, you have companies like Lyric, companies like Sonder, who has make a, made a huge stake here in Houston. And I mean, you people were people like just two years ago were killing it, and then as soon as kind of they came up and took a lot of the market share, that you'll notice that kind of decrease, which kind of which you know, it's it's in retrospect you could say it's a bad thing, but you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, it kind of forces you to adapt. It forces you to um, it forces you to to get unique. It forces you to be creative. It forces you to step your game up, and. For the ones who are doing it right, that are actually stepping their game up and staying on top of their business, um, you'll notice that it's still pretty profitable. You know what I mean? So, um, so, but I noticed that like if you have a nice unit that can sleep about eight in these key areas, you still do very, very, very well um, because that's kind of not the space that they're kind of in. Um, there's an there's an apartment complex right in Midtown here. I know Sonder rented rent is rented has a five year lease on that entire building, the entire, Ooh. and they have one and two bedroom units. So, and they and their units sleep anywhere between four to six. So, um, but I I have properties that I rent to arbitrage are literally within five minutes away from there. But my properties are still doing pretty well, just because I mean it kind of forced me to. To, to, to kind of get more creative and get more and fine-tune my processes and fine-tune uh, my automation and things like that. So, you know, for, for the ones that are doing it right, that are, that are staying on top of it and, 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 and not, not looking at it as like a, you know, such this big loss or anything like that, you know, I, I believe that they're still being profitable. Like, there's an area, they have some properties like in the Galleria area. And even in the Galleria, it's tough in Houston because – even though it's a huge business sector, there's a huge financial sector here in Houston, but there's a ton of hotels for one, and then there's a lot of competition there. So for, <laughs> you still got to be smart at some level. Like if you're going to be in the Galleria area, I would recommend your unit to sleep at least six. I would recommend it to sleep eight even. Um, so you just kind of got to know 
the, the pockets that you should be in, that you shouldn't be in. And if you're going to be in it, how many people should you sleep? How many bedrooms should you have? How should you set up your unit? Um, and look at what other, look at the ones that are doing pretty well. Look at their units. Let's see how they're set up. Look at their photos, things like that. You know, just, just being a student of the game, um, because I don't care how how good you're doing or how well your systems are or how well your automation processes are, you got to be a student of the game no matter what and keep learning and keep adapting. So I think, I think there's, there is a certain point of saturation on some level, but then if you, I think for later on, it's going to get to a point of stabilization for those who, because there's probably going to be a lot of people that drop off and for those who are actually staying in it and doing it right, they're still going to be getting a lot of bookings. Man, so it sounds like yeah, because Dallas kind of did the same thing. One bedroom yeah. studios that got oversaturated. Yeah. Now people are like, okay, let's go to the outskirts and get bigger homes and put them on yeah. there. And they're exactly doing what you're doing. You know, you can sleep more. So yeah. is that what? You, are you targeting like the bigger homes? Do you have like multiple three bed, two baths, or are you just yeah. not really? So I I I like the I like the like um I have I have I have some three bed, two bath. Like I'm remodeling a duplex right now that's a 2-1 each unit, but I'm making it a 2-2. But it's a big – it's actually pretty big. Each unit is almost 1,400 square feet. So each unit is actually going to sleep eight. So I'm going to I'm gonna make it a – I'm adding a, a, a restroom to it. So each unit is going to be a 2-2 that sleeps eight. So um, the room – one of the rooms will be – we're going to do two queens in one room, a king in the other room, and a pull-out sofa to sleep eight. So – um, I'm kind of, if I see the opportunity, um, I'm letting my units sleep a little more. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, uh, uh, an apartment complex downtown on Monday, actually, that we've already talked to and we've been in talks with them about our business plan. And it looks like they're going to go ahead and let us pick up a few units. We're going to start off with two or three and then we're going to go from there and I'm going to get, uh, to pop it off. I'm going to get two, two bedroom units and, and one, one bedroom unit. Um, it's in a very, very great area downtown. I mean, really, really good area downtown. So, um, so I'm, I'm looking to get, you know, if I can get a little bit, if I can get a, like a two bedroom to sleep a little more, I'm going to take advantage of that. That's so real quick, there's no rumblings at all. Like Houston's trying to restrict or ban Airbnb at all. So, so there's no rumblings. No, not at all. You know, the city actually makes money on behalf of Airbnb. So I don't think they're trying to stop that bag anytime soon. <laughs> um, and, you know, one thing you got to understand about Houston, the city is so big. You know, it's not like the way the way the rental rates were affected in Austin. You won't feel it. We don't feel it like that here in Houston just because there's so much available and there's there's the city is so big and it just completely just keeps going out and out and out. And um, so we're not, you know, people aren't complaining. So in Houston, it's not so much will the city allow it. That's a given. Yes. And they're not. And it seems like it's here to stay. It's more so like, will that area allow it? Will the HOA in that area allow it? Or are there deed restrictions in that neighborhood that won't allow it? So it's more so in that area. Like there was some, uh, there was some units in East Downtown that we were looking to take down some loft style, some apartment complexes, and uh, we were pretty much about to sign these leases. And uh, but then the board said that no, we don't want we don't want that here. Uh, so that's more so what you got to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, were you, were you all booked up when Kanye came to town and, and played at that church? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I definitely was. I definitely was. And it's crazy because 
I was actually, man, that weekend was booked even before I found out that that was happening. <laughs> but um, if it wasn't booked, it definitely would have been. I mean, uh, that was that was interesting, by the way. Uh, I ended up watching it. I didn't even want to see. I didn't want to experience the chaos. But I have a lot of friends that went, and uh, but I ended up watching it at home. So, but yeah, we were we were pretty booked <laughs> even before I even found out about that. <laughs> Hold on, did you? Uh, so you've been doing it two years. Were you hosting during Super Bowl? No, no. I, like, I missed that window. I, I started <laughs> – was, that, was, that, was, uh, that, was, that was earlier 2017. February 2017. And so I started listing right at the tail end, like December going into January 2018 was when I started. Uh, oh, man. So yeah, I missed that boat. But yeah, I, I believe it's coming, I think, two more years or two or three <clears throat> Oh, oh yeah, it's coming back. Oh yeah, it's coming back to Houston. <laughs> it's three more back. years. Oh, I might need to go ahead and hop in, man. <laughs> I believe so. I, I'll need to do my. From what I know, I, I'm a, I'm gonna look into that. But I believe I know it's coming back. Yeah. I know it's coming back for sure. I think it's about three years or so. I believe so. Yeah, we go. We gonna have to clean up. We gonna clean up nicely. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Because I was down there in the neighbor. I was at my cousin's house in North Houston, the neighbor. Mm -hmm. He was probably making about. He said he made like a few grand. I was like, dang, but I believe it, you know. So hey, when it came to when it came to Dallas or Arlington, we had like the the harshest blizzard ever in the history, so it was wow. pretty bad. Dude. And it ha and and it hasn't snowed since, so that's how bad luck Jer Jerry Jones oh, had. Man. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, so you you were in the oil and gas industry, yeah, and, and um. And it's crazy because you said you started buying properties right away, and that's cool. And I was like, and it, and instantly, instantly reminded me like I have cousins and friends that during that time when it was over a hundred dollars a barrel, they were making bank, man. They were they were making like they could just write their paychecks, and they had these big. They got, of course, a lot of them bought these big trucks and big toys and all this crap. And then, like you said, it just kind of crashed. Oh yeah. And oh, so yeah. you did a smart thing. You were buying up properties at the time. Yep. Now. Now, if if another if another bubble happened or another you know it shot up like crazy, is there any is there any way you could make money in that industry? Like maybe you know providing housing to these guys because they're big ballers when it's up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's providing that's probably probably my number one way to do it is provide housing for 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 uh for business travelers, especially in the oil and gas space. And there are certain oil and gas kind of markets here in Houston that um that are heavy in or like areas that are heavy oil and gas. Um, so that, yeah, I will, I will, I will take, take advantage of that fully 100% for sure. Nice. I, mean, I serve a lot of business travelers now though. Like I serve a lot of business travelers and we tailor make our units to make sure, because at the end of the day, it's important that you have an avatar. Like you need to know exactly who you're serving. Like that's the question. And I noticed that when I tailor my units to who I'm serving, um, it, it might, my, my, my reviews are, are, are nicer. Um, our reviews are, are even better. Um, like for example, we serve a lot of people that travel for medical reasons. So people ask me, so one of the things I do is I put a, I put a television, a flat screen TV mounted on the wall in every single room that I have. If it's a living room or a bedroom, I put a TV in there. Um, do you have to have a TV in every room? And even in my three bedrooms, I'll put a TV in there. After having no, you don't have to. I know who I'm serving, right? I had somebody that checked out my unit not too long ago. They stayed for 18 nights 
um, a girl, uh, a young lady and her family came down and they, she got a small procedure done on her brain to get a small tumor removed. But, you know, after they, they got the procedure done the day after they checked in. So when they, after the procedure was done, they were recovering at my unit. And so you can imagine if somebody gets any type of procedure, whether it's a knee or whatever, they're not that mobile. When they're laying down and recovering in the bedroom, their, their mobility is quite limited, right? So it'll be a great thing if they can be entertained, right, with the cable and the Netflix while, while they're laying down to be entertained while they can't move around so much. They really appreciate that. We do king beds. We do make sure our mattresses are quality, quality mattress. So the, the, the review literally says, thank you so much for having such a great bed. It's super comfortable. It was a big bed. It had plenty of room for 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 uh for me and my mom to lay next to me because she was uh she was uh she was a high risk of seizures so her mom was able to you know lay next to her and and watch her overnight as she slept so things like that you know just kind of putting yourself in the guest shoes and knowing who you're serving right our units that we know we attract a lot of business travel we put a make sure we put a desk in there a workstation in there right so we put a printer in there the printer hardly gets used but there are such things as Certain things that you just put in your units that even though it doesn't get used much, the gesture speaks a lot. And mm -hmm. to me, the printer is one of those things. And so uh, if we know we're serving business travelers, we put one in there. And it hardly gets used, but they highly appreciate it. And it helps the review. So having that avatar is very important. Yeah, I used to have a printer in one of mine, and a lot of people start using it with their phone. Using with their the phone, yeah. But yeah, it, it's definitely a help. Definitely a help. Definitely yeah. do the printers. All right, another important question. Profile pic. Do you put your own picture on your profile pic? Man, you know what's crazy? Um, I, I experimented, and I'm kind of still experimenting now. I put my profile, a picture of me and the wifey at first, and, you know, I just wanted to see what it would do if I put my logo. I didn't notice much of a difference at all, honestly, um, but I'm actually considering going back because when you think about the premise of Airbnb, it's like people connecting people. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem too, too corporate-y. So with our systems and our automation, we're already kind of seem corporate-y a little bit. But if we can have a picture, I think the picture might do a little bit better. Uh, but then, you know, what's interesting. <laughs> and I'm just keeping 100 with y'all. I ended up using a profile picture of somebody else totally. Um, a very, you know, young, pretty, you know, uh, lady. White girl. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, I feel like I noticed, I noticed an uptick on that. You know? mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so there, was, there was a slight uptick on that. You know what I mean? So, um, so uh, that's something that, that I experimented with <laughs> as well before. But, I mean, kind of to each his own. I mean, I, think, I don't think it makes that big of a difference, but I think there, there are definitely some people who like to, if they're going to want to experience the city in a residential view and experience that city in a different way than experiencing a hotel, then I think kind of having your personal brand um, if, when I talk about brand like you on there could go a long way as well. So we're actually, I'm actually looking to switch it back to the personal picture than the logo. So right now we have the logo. I've had the logo for like probably the last seven months up there. Yeah. So now, here's one thing that I noticed when, when I did, I used to have, you know, profile pic of me and the fam, the family before, you know, Hispanic family. 
And I noticed we got like mostly minority renters. And um, when we did have that, and then I, I, you know, I eventually changed it to my logo, you know, after I did it for a while. And then it was just a mix of uh, whoever, you know. But I just, I just thought that. Did you, did you uh, notice anything you know, like that? You know what's crazy? I wanna, I wanna agree with that. I wanna agree with that. I, I think it was still a mix, but when, when you, when I, when I think about it, it was a, it was definitely leaning towards minority. Um, when I had, when it was just kind of me, and um, so. I, I, I'm inclined to definitely agree with that. And then when I switch it to the logo, I mean, it's a mix now. Like, it's a pure mix now. I get all kind of people that book with me now. But we have the logo on there. So I'm definitely I'm definitely inclined to agree with that, for sure. And then when you switch it uh, to the white girl, oh, it's my my, minority again. Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just kidding. <laughs> Oh man, it, it got it got it got somewhat uncomfortable. I I told my lady, I said, man, you might have to start managing this thing for because it got a couple. There were people that would like say things oh, that no. were like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, hey, hey. <laughs> so, so so yeah, it got it got it got it, it could get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, they didn't know they were being catfished. Oh, exactly. <laughs> they had the purest catfish situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I ain't gonna lie. I, I got a. I, I did all three. I did me and the wife. Yeah. yeah, I did me and the wife. I did the logo. Then I, I still got the white girl up now. But like, you can't really tell. She, she looks more Hispanic. But like, yeah. man, it's crazy. Like people, no. <laughs> I noticed all my West Coast listings. I get way more. Like the San Diego's, the Vegas's. Mm. I get way more. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's it. It's crazy. Like geography has a lot to do with it too. It was weird. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It yeah, definitely, does. It definitely does. Just put a just put a picture of the the turkey shack on there, and you'll you get a lot of people. <laughs> turkey, <laughs> turkey leg shack. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Man. Now, now at that at that restaurant, because I I see it on uh, social media a lot. Is it a mix uh, uh, or is it mostly minorities that go there? Is it a mix of people that go there? Uh, I feel like it's mostly minorities. but I've never it's seen. Of, it's all kind of people that go. It's all kind of people. You've never seen what? <laughs> I've seen one white dude standing in line, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was there, I literally seen one white dude standing in line. I was, I was like, dang. But it was cool, though, because everybody's accepting, you know? Hey, you know? You know, uh, it's definitely mostly minorities, but but you'll see. You know, last time I was there, I saw I saw I saw a few. I saw a few a few of my white folks there. Um, um, but but definitely mostly minority. I mean, for sure, for sure. But yeah. that's good. Though. I mean, yeah. you know, they got they got they got the minority support one hundred percent. So it's good. Definitely. Yeah, man. Those profile pictures are a trip, man. That's a trip. (laughs) So, man, so you're trying to get up to 25 in Houston and then branch out, huh? Yeah, I'm branching out after that. Yeah, 25? Okay. That's a good number. Yeah, then you kind of compete with yourself at that point. Exactly. So what's what's your goal out of this? I mean, is your goal to get like 100 units, 1,000 units, or just to be financially independent? Or what's what's the end game? You know, that's a good question. I mean, you know, they say that every successful entrepreneur sells a business. <laughs> so that's, you know, that may be something I'll be considering down the line uh, when I get to, you know, a pretty a pretty high valuation point. I might consider uh, I might consider building it up 
and then selling it, but still keeping my properties to where, you know, then they would have to be renting from me at that point. Right. So, nice. um, it, you know, we'll see. I mean, oh, I may, I may not, <laughs> I'm actually not sure, but, um, you know, right now I'm just focused on scaling it. Um, focus on branching out, focus on the educational piece because I'm having like, you know, my master classes are, are sold out every time I do it. They're going very, very well. My next one's coming up on March 21st. It's going to be a great master class. When is um, that? I might uh, have to come down. Yeah, yeah. Come, uh, March 21st here in Houston. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be here in Houston, um, in the city. So, you know, it's going to be relatively, you know, close to the downtown area. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. March 21st. It's a Saturday. It's a one-day class. Okay, shoot the link, and we'll put that in the show notes. So whoever want to come to his master oh, class in Houston – because uh, I'm definitely – I'm going to sign up. March 21st, I'm signing March 21st, up. March 21st, March 21st, man. It's going to be awesome, man. And, and um, you know – You going to stream it too? So, so last time, you know, I might I, – I may stream it. I may stream it. I'm going to have, like, a, a somebody to actually, like, a professional crew to help me with the stream this time. I held a shorter version because the one I'm doing is a one-day class. We're going for eight hours diving into the business. You know what I mean? So, but the – I did a shorter version once and I tried to stream down, but we had so many technical difficulties and uh, I literally had to, I felt so bad. I gave back everybody that was streaming. I gave them their money back because it will have so many technical difficulties in between, even though they still got a great amount of the knowledge. Um, so, but this time I think I'm gonna hire somebody to actually handle that and to stream it. Um, so it's, it's something that I'm highly, highly concerned doing the streaming. I, I may actually don't do the streaming um i'm gonna be recording everything into different sections and i'm also i'm gonna make the recordings available for pe people as well to get to cash the recording for those who weren't able to make it so at least one of the two one of those two will happen or both so we'll see i will be in the building i'm coming to that <laughs> it's gonna be a good look it's gonna be a great it's a saturday 8 30 to 4 30 it's a saturday the last one I did, we ended up going to like almost six o'clock. They didn't want to leave. They just wanted the more knowledge. Damn, <laughs> do it. I like that. Yeah, but I would so, try to. I would try to man, um, uh, be respectful of people's time and stuff. So, uh, TJ, you, you um, have you he heard of the Four Hour Work Week, or you read it? I've heard of it. You know what's crazy? It's on my. Oh man, <laughs> it's on my reading list for this year. That's my. That's my February read. Actually, it's one of my February reads. Uh, so I'm going to be reading that. I, I've heard of it, of course. Uh, I know it's a very popular read, um, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet, actually. Have you? Um, I guess the I guess the idea of it is if you if you set it's all about systems. If you set your systems up right, you only have to work maybe about four hours a week, and your right. but your business is going to run itself. Right. Do you are you to the point where you're pulling you know away from your business more and more and, and setting up the systems where it does run itself? Oh man, and. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about the systems, man. And, and, uh, I was in, I was in Jamaica in September systems were doing, were going to work team was doing this, doing this thing. Um, and it's crazy because, you know, me and my mentors, we have like our, our mastermind call on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week. Um, and, and, you know, there'll be certain people and, and, and they'll ask questions and different things like that. And a lot of times my mentor would always say, you know how to solve that get more units. I think it's interesting how, easier the business actually gets in terms of running it by scaling it 
getting more units because it actually gets easier to run because now you can hire people, you can outsource more, you can hire people, you can remove yourself from certain, from certain tasks by having the income and the cash flow to do it. So um, definitely, definitely, I'm looking, for, even, look, even looking forward to my next hire which is going to be like my, uh, my official, like boost the ground person. Like I have a, I kind of have that. I have somebody, my cleaning crew that does that, but I want to have somebody that that's like their focus, the, 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 the runner, the, the porter that boosts on the ground person. Um, so I kind of have that now, but I'm definitely going to, that's going to be my next, and that's going to free up a lot of time. Um, you know, so the systems are, are pretty, are pretty tight. They're pretty, they're, they're running pretty well and they're able to, to, to run the business. And uh, even if I'm out of town, the systems go to work. And so, uh, but but there are even certain things that I'm still looking forward to outsourcing. So when I get more units, I'm definitely going to be doing that. Now, have you ever tried virtual assistance? Yes, 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 most definitely. And that's and I think the 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 toughest part about a VA is just is just the training them, right? Because you're going to have to go through a lot of a lot of frogs before you write, find the right the find the right one but but yeah definitely definitely and that's one of the um one, I have a VA now that uh that's doing a great job and they handle a lot of the the management especially like with the guests and managing things with the cleaning crew so yeah yeah definitely oh nice, nice. from the Philippines sweet and, and um <laughs> so what would be your advice uh, to somebody like looking for a virtual assistant to help run their business? Um, I would say, I would say, um, I would say be patient. I would say know, know your entire business and your systems. That way you can properly train them. Um, and I think, I think some people might, if, if you're not ready for that in terms of what you know and, and knowing how, like if you, can't, if you can't put it on a paper and present it to somebody who doesn't know anything and they can go out there and execute it like effectively, then, then you're not ready to hire a VA. Like you need to be able to get to that point before you hire one. That'd be my advice because you'll, 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 save, a lot of, um, you'll save a lot of headaches and time running through VAs that way mm-hmm. by having it down and being able to articulate it effectively and train them effectively on this, on your systems. Create an SOP. Absolutely. Standard operational procedures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Engineering again, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, Go ahead. And, and, and you, you do want to, like you keep saying, um, uh, boots on the ground person. You do want to hire, hire an assistant that's going to be there yeah. to, to take care of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody that's like, that's there physically, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just pull yourself totally out of the business then. Absolutely. But but I can only do that if I get more units. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all that, bro. But yeah, yeah I get, you, oh, go ahead. Because I was going to go to Houston actually last week. It, okay. it kind of fell through because, you know, our, our, our little one was sick and we, we couldn't fly over there. Mm. But we was going to go for the, the same day passport thing. And okay. um and these people were hitting me up, you know, I hit, I put on there the Houston Airbnb Facebook group. And I say, Hey, I need a spot for one day. Anybody got a deal, whatever. And man, these people had, there's, t- there's thousands of Airbnbs, man. Mm-hmm. Especially if you just needed like a one bedroom or like you said, like, like you were saying earlier, you got to distinguish yourself. You got to have like a three bedroom or something big. Yeah. But I mean, but these things were nice and for cheap, yeah. man. I was like, how the hell are they doing this? 
But the thing is, with the if you for renting something for one night in Houston, it it was like okay, you can get it for sixty or seventy bucks or or ninety bucks, you know, and get in a real, real freaking badass place. But it's gonna be an Airbnb fee. There's gonna be a city fee. There's gonna be a tax. There's gonna be this and that. After after said and done, that sixty dollar place is two hundred and something dollars for one night. And the hotels, if you rent a sixty dollar hotel, you're gonna be paying like sixty five bucks. You know, I don't know how they they pay less in taxes or whatever. But so that's the only thing I saw that there's so many Airbnbs right now of the one bedroom, two bedroom in Houston, and they're freaking nice. I mean, they're decking these things out. Yeah, yeah, and I and I definitely agree with that. And you know, and I think the the key thing to to realize and know is that um, when you when you look at the the experience that you're providing them, um, it's totally different from like a hotel, right? So mm-hmm. you know, you're providing a whole different experience. Like even the the two bedroom that I have, that it's really really close to University of Houston, um, really close by there. And you know, there, there's a family that booked it at Sleep Six. There was a family that booked it, and um, they were like, you know, hey, we're, we're just happy that we found your place because we would have had to get two hotel rooms to, to accommodate us. Mm-hmm. Um, so because they had, like, they were there with the kids and all that. So, I mean, you know, I definitely agree with you. And um, <coughs> I think it's just, it's just important. That's why it's even more so important that you, that you provide a unique space, that you provide a nice space, that your reviews are on point, and, um, and that people find – paying those extra fees worthwhile than to staying in a hotel because they know that they're going to get, a, at the end of the day, a better experience at your unit than staying at a hotel. That makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. Definitely. Definitely. So one more thing. Um, could you give us um, a TJ tip, a TJ something that, that's original to you that can really help, you know, help someone out, out, help someone out a lot like i don't know something different something that you don't hear all the time and all these thousands of podcasts that are out there stuff like sure. that i would say this um uh and i'm gonna go okay so first of all get the fastest internet possible in your area whatever is the fastest internet that that unit can provide um get it get the fastest get the fastest internet and do a speed test on your phone or if you have a laptop do a speed test um, take a screenshot of your speed test, especially if you have, if you can, if you can get at least like eight, 80, 80 megabits per second, um, then do a speed test, screenshot it and add it as part of your photo reels in your photo. Mm-hmm. That's a little hack because what it does is understand that there are all different kinds of people that book through Airbnb. A lot of, a large group of those are millennials like us and, uh, and, People that care about Wi-Fi, really everybody cares about Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi is super, super crucial. But if they can see how fast your Wi-Fi is before booking, that'll give you an edge. You know what I mean? So that's just a little tip for me to y'all. <laughs> know that already. But um, do a speed test. If you have, if you have the fact, if you if you know you got good Wi-Fi, do a speed test and add it to your photos. Add it to your photos and pe- and watch people will book it just because they can see that you have fast Wi-Fi. Yo, I didn't think of that one. That's a good one. I'm adding that one to the, to the tip. <laughs> just yeah. a tip. Exactly. Oh, man. Especially business travelers, too, because, you know, they're coming with their laptops. They say, oh, dude, you got super fast Wi-Fi and the place is dope. Oh, yeah, I'm booking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that's a smart idea, man. That's a good I've, I've had I've had people ask that before, how fast my Wi-Fi was and stuff. I, was like, I don't freaking know. <laughs> but now now I know it is crucial to some people. Because some people be in town, they got to do some work and stuff like that. It's all work. Absolutely. They got to do some cam work or something. Yep. Definitely. Oh, man. <laughs> So man, but yeah, TJ, man, thank you for coming on. You, 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 you really, you even taught me a lot, man. I like like your systems you got going. You growing, man, and you flipping. You didn't been flipping houses. You didn't wholesale them. Airbnb host, man, it's all around hustler. I love it, man. man I appreciate <laughs> y'all, man. I love what y'all doing. Keep up the great work. You know what I'm saying? Keep up the great work and definitely know that you guys got my support 100. percent Man, however I can add value to y'all, just let me know. For real. Yes, sir. And us, ask us however we can add value to you. We got you, man. We definitely put your master course on here. So I appreciate it. Might have good. some LLT listeners there. <laughs> sure. I'm uh I'm a definitely uh I'm gonna shoot it to you for sure. Okay. So, so where can folks find you, man? Man, definitely um heavy on Instagram. Um I'm literally just created uh well apparently my, my, my real estate partners here said that I'm sleep on TikTok. So I don't know if that's something that, you know, you, you advertise that you own, but I just made that. But um, definitely have me on Instagram, at TJ Tajani, uh, at T-J-T-I-J-A-N-I um, on IG. Um, so I'm heavy on there. Um, Facebook, TJ Tajani on Facebook as well. Uh, the website for the, for, the, for the bookings is uh, bookhomesuites.com. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely update that site, but uh, so stay tuned for that. But you can definitely still go on there and still check out some of my units. Um, so definitely, and gonna be putting. Uh, I'll definitely send y'all the info for the master class as well. So the master class is March 21st here in Houston. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I will be. Cool. There. We'll go and then we'll hit up um, Turkey Leg Shack for Let's real. Get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> we can make it happen. <laughs> Definitely, I'm gonna be in that thing. <laughs> Coming down, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, man, thank you for coming on, um, fellas. I mean, ladies, are you ready to get your health and fitness game together? Be sure to follow Mahogany Artists on IG for all your fitness and nutritional needs. Be sure to follow us on IG, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We preach y'all, appreciate y'all for the love. Thanks for being listeners. And thanks, TJ, for coming on to the show. We are out. Peace. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.